and realizing also that we can grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, grape varieties that are used to make high quality champagne, resulted in the realization that this is the right style to produce in northern Michigan. And we still think that. Not every year is a great year, but every year you can make quality sparkling wine. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we talk to ordinary Michiganders who are doing some pretty extraordinary things. Today's guest, Mike Lane. He's the chief marketing officer for Mobby Sparkling. But today's a very special interview, though, for Mobby. And why is that, Mike? Well, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary Yay! this year, Cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about the, because you're not 50. So let's nope. talk to us. <laughs> talk to us a little bit about the history of Mobby Sparkling. Yeah, gladly. Larry Mobby, our founder, with a background in agriculture, planted grapevines in 1973 on the Leelanau Peninsula. At the time, he was still working for his family's farm, who managed cherry orchards and apple orchards all the way from Rockford, Michigan, up to the Garden Peninsula of the UP. And he planted grapevines on the side and started making wines in the late 70s, and then in the mid-80s experimented with traditional method or bottle-fermented sparkling wine, Method Champenois. And then after a decade or so of experimentation in the late 90s, decided that Mauby would focus on sparkling wine. And at the time, that was only 15% of, our, of his business was sparkling. So he took a big gamble by putting all of his non-sparkling eggs into the sparkling basket, so to speak. But it has proven to be a wise decision. We really think this region is right for sparkling wine grape growing and consequently sparkling wine production. In the mid-2000s, Larry Mauby added pressure tank or Charmat or Cuve Close production bubblies, which are faster to market, easier to respond to market demand, lower price, more economical options for folks. Because if you age sparkling wine for years in Tourage, you have to have other products to sell in the meantime. So Certainly. In the mid-2000s, he launched the Cuve Close brands or line of wines, Sex, Detroit, Us. Actually, at that time, it wasn't Detroit. It was Fizz. So Sex, Fizz, and Us. And then my story intersects Mobby in 2007. I came to Mobby from a, from a teaching background and I learned from the ground up how to make sparkling wine and sell sparkling wine. And technically my title, I guess, is Director of Mobbiness. Although I do oversee marketing, I do, I also oversee production and a lot of other things. But, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the history of Mobby. Certainly. And so the question I got for you, taking a step back here for a second, is he started experiencing with creating sparkling wine back in the 80s. And then at some point in time, he's decided to like really make that his primary business. Why is that? Why not stick to just more of the traditional white wine, red wine? Why go the bubbly route? As any strong brand, you got to find your point of difference. So I think, and I'm putting words in his mouth maybe a little bit, but Realizing that this is a short growing season that we have here in northern Michigan and realizing also that we can grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, grape varieties that are, that are used to make high quality champagne. Realizing that over decades of experiment, experimentation, 
resulted in the realization that this is the right style to produce in northern Michigan, and we still think that. Not every year is a great year, but every year you can make quality sparkling wine. The fall makes or breaks our season. Well, it's not always warm in the fall. Sometimes it rains and gets cold, and we don't need the fruit as ripe for sparkling wine. We pick earlier. Oh, okay. Because we don't want as much sugar in the grapes because we don't want as much alcohol in the base wine because we re-ferment the wine. And when you re-ferment, alcohol can inhibit the second fermentation. So if it's too high in the base wine, if the alcohol is too high in the base wine, you won't have a successful second fermentation because the yeast will create an environment that's too toxic for themselves. They'll kill themselves. So there's a lot of other reasons, but short growing season... Pick early uh, for sparkling wine. Those are those are sort of the the re- the main reasons why why that was the style decided upon. And the second fermentation that you're talking about here, this is when sparkling wine becomes sparkling wine. Correct. Yeah. So almost all sparkling wine, not all, but almost all sparkling wine goes through two fermentations. So in the fall, we pick the grapes and we ferment the juice into wine. But then throughout the rest of the year, we're re-fermenting. So we're uh, essentially adding yeast and sugar and confining um, the wine to a closed vessel, whether that's the bottle or a pressure tank. And the bubbles produced from that second fermentation have nowhere to go. So they're trapped. So they dissolve into the into solution. They dissolve into the wine. Right. So right now in front of us, You've got a bottle of bubbly. Talk to us about that. So we're 50 years old this year. So I mentioned Larry Mobby planted grapevines in 1973. Currently, this is 2023. So that's 50 <laughs> years. And we're celebrating those 50 years with a 50th anniversary cuvee. And this cuvee is unique in several ways. So there's only a set amount of this cuvee that we're going to produce, 1,000 cases, because... This wine is finished with 20-year-old oak-aged grape brandy spirits. Let me back up. So in 2019, that's the base year for this particular product, we picked Chardonnay and Riesling grapes, pressed the grapes, fermented the juice. We re-fermented the wine in this bottle, and then it aged for three years. So the fermentation only happens for about a month, but the real magic happens with bottle-fermented bubbly as it ages in the bottle, and the yeast break down, and they give off their toast-like, bread-like aromas and flavors, and that's really what we're looking for in a bottle-fermented sparkling wine. Well, when it's time to sell a bottle-fermented sparkling wine, the wine needs to be riddled. The yeast needs to be removed. So we riddle the bottle, disgorge it. Disgorging is removing the yeast, and then we have to balance the acidity and the carbonic acidity with residual sugar. Otherwise, these products would be unpalatable, too sharp, too astringent. So we add sugar. Well, we add sugar in the form of a dosage, a liqueur. In this case, the liqueur was made from 20-year-old oak-aged grape brandy that Larry distilled years ago and put in a barrel and forgot about. (laughs) And sugar. So we mix sugar with these grape spirits and a little bit of potassium metabisulfite, sulfur, elemental sulfur for preservative. But then we dose every bottle with about seven mils of these spirits. And the result is cognac-like aromas and, and flavors. So 
It's very unique. It will not be repeated because it'll be another 20 <laughs> years before we have oak-aged grape brandy. And we're currently aging it in bourbon barrels, so it's not going to be the same. So you can do a lot of things with the dosage. You can change a sparkling wine dramatically with subtle tweaks to the dosage. And that's what we've done here. And the result is our 50th cuvee. So let me ask you this question. Is it normal that you would put like a brandy or a cognac into sparkling wine? It's not or is this normal. something special that you did? It's not normal. What's normal is dosage is normal. So adding residual sugar to balance the acidity is normal. But using spirits to do that is not necessarily normal. We've done it before. We'll do it again. But no, it's not conventional. It's unique. We've added mead to the dosage to change a bubbly. We've added lavender tinctures. We've added, what else have we added? Apple brandy. We've added all sorts of stuff. And that's really where the fun is for us as a winemaking team is playing with those, playing with all those different tools and, and, and creating new products. So actually that brings up a good question because I'm imagining you guys sitting around all getting tanked trying out all these different no we spit that's the pro that's how the pros do it oh that's right you guys got the bucket or the little what do they call those i don't think it's a cistern but you got something that you sit in and do that yeah like a spittoon anyway or spit it down the floor drain whatever but yeah you can taste better when you spit because you're coating your mouth and then you pick up on different subtleties and then you're not you're not getting buzzed well, I'm going to stick to the Cliff traditional way and get buzzed. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. So when you're talking about coming up with these different flavors, I'm super intrigued and I'm very happy we get an opportunity to try this. When we're talking about coming up with these particular flavors, when you're mixing those, obviously you don't make, you know, a thousand cases of something hoping that it's going to turn out. You've done some experimenting beforehand so you can get an idea of what that flavor profile is going to look like. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit about how that goes. You just pour like a base bubbly into a glass and then just add a little bit of spirits to it. How does that work? We'll, we'll, we'll disgorge, remove the yeast from several different bottles and add varying rates of a dosage. Right. And then um, top them up, mix them, let them settle, and then taste and see what we like. Cause and before- so, yes, trials are the industry standard for how to come up with uh, these decisions, how these decisions are made. Trials, we do trials on pretty much all wine additions. Because I believe before you mentioned that this had seven mils. So 1%, yeah. So that's a 750 milliliter bottle. So about 1% of the bottle contains these spirits, but even that small amount can change the aroma and flavor of a wine dramatically. Certainly. So we just, we experiment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's how we do it. Because I can imagine you try one at six, you try one at seven, you try one at eight, and then you're like, you Correct. know what? The seven's got that right balance. It's got the right taste that we're looking for. Yeah. You know what I think we did? I think in this particular case we did, as far as I'm remembering, we did five, 10, and 15, and then we narrowed it down from there. Oh, that must have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's the fun part for us, for sure. Certainly. And for our audience, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive into this lovely cuvee that Mike has set out. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the flavor profiles and what you can expect when you come to Mobi. We'll see you after the break. 
Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community, and it is quite awesome. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. This is going to include the powerful lessons that we've learned from these amazing people. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. You'll also get a link to our Facebook group. Now to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Today, we're talking to Mike Lang, director of Mobbiness. Yes, sir. <laughs> At Mobby, because it's your 50th. And what better, better way to celebrate the 50th than with lots of bubbly, which is what Mobby is known for. That's what we do. Yes, that's what you do. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about the cuvee, the special blend that you guys have come out with for your 50th. So obviously Mobby's got a lot of other bubblies, and we could probably spend the next day talking about them all. So why don't you talk to us first about Grace? What is that bubbly? What can people expect when they're trying that? Sure. So we make bubbly in a variety of styles. And excuse me, in front of us we have Grace, the 50th, and, and another wine called Sandpiper. But yeah, Grace is a bottle fermented sparkling wine, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris. And it's aged two and a half years in the bottle. So we pick the grapes in the fall, ferment, and then we re-ferment in the bottle and age it in the bottle for two and a half years before we remove the yeast and finish with a red wine dosage, making this wine pink. It's not actually a a rosé until we disgorge and add our red wine dosage. So we were talking a little bit about subtle tweaks that you can make to a dosage to change right. the aroma, flavor, even appearance of a wine. And in this case, we added red wine to change the color, and it also impacts aroma as well. Grace is a Brut Rosé, and it's my favorite wine that we're serving and selling right now. So I brought it here to talk about. I love the balance between the acidity and the fruit, the yeast and the fruit notes as well. It's very clean, fresh, would pair really well with brie or I would say grilled salmon or things like that, maybe maybe roasted chicken. And I don't know, I really like this wine. It's one of my favorites, so... <laughs> So I, I brought it here to talk about it. It's not what's in our glass, by the way. If it was, it would be pink. This is the 50th cuvee in our glasses. So Yes, and it is quite delicious. And because when you were talking before about when you added the red wine dosage to yep. the bottle, I know that there's another way, too, that you can add a certain red or pink, and that's by leaving the skins. Yeah, there's a couple in. different ways, yeah. Usually, yeah, usually there's a, some skin contact between juice and the red grape skins to extract right. color and that's the conventional way to make a rosé but here here we've added red wine to a white wine at the final stages to create the rosé so there's there there's several ways to make rosé but yeah grace is technically a blush if you are being picky 
Ooh, there's a term I haven't heard before, blush. I know that there's rosé. I know there's white and there's red, but a blush. Okay, cool. Learn something new every single day. This is awesome. Yeah. Now, as far as Grace goes, this particular bottle from Mobby, is this also something that people can find in stores around Michigan? Yeah, both the 50th Cuvée and Grace are available at select retailers across the state. But the other wine here in front of us, Sandpiper, is only available here and online. Okay. Cannot find this wine anywhere else. We got to have a reason for people to come see us. <laughs> and and we sell we sell a lot of Sandpiper through our tasting room because it's, we believe, a, a real value, as well as kind of that middle ground sweetness level wise. So again, appeals to the dry and the sweet drinker. And it's really nice for mimosas. It's really nice for wedding toasts. It's really nice for... It's really food friendly. Anyway, that's Sandpiper, which we can talk about next if you'd like. Yes, and we will because Sandpiper is my favorite. Oh, cool. I that Moby actually. Yes, it does. And I sometimes I can't remember the name, but I just remember it's got a duck on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sandpiper is a bird that's native to this area. That's what it's named after. And it's a blend. So it's a blend of everything we press. When we press grapes in the fall, we fraction the juice. And the harder we press, the more varietal character and astringency and bitterness you extract. Well, the hardest press fraction is used for sandpiper of everything that we press. So it's a blend of, geez, Chardonnay, Riesling, Pinot Noir, Pinot Blanc, Seval, Cayuga, Traminette. It has at least seven different varieties in it, and it's finished off-dry. So it's finished with just over 1% residual sugar. So, um, yeah, fruit forward, fresh, drink now, and very affordable. Yes, it is. So let's talk a little bit about, because I want to give our audience a little bit of scale, because we've talked about Grace, you've got your 50th cuvee here, and we got Sandpiper. Yep. I'm trying my best not to call it the duck. That's okay. That's <laughs> all right. So for Grace, yeah. if we're looking at on a scale of, let's say, 1 to 10, where 1 is, it's just, it's dry, 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 yeah. 10 is just like super sweet, where would you put Brut on that scale? In Champagne, they define the Brut scale from, I think, 0 to 1.4% residual sugar, but 1.4 is pretty high. Grace falls in the 0.9 to 1% residual sugar. And 1% residual sugar means 10 grams of sugar per liter. Okay. Okay. So this is not a full liter. This is three quarters of a liter. So if it's 1% residual sugar, then that means there's 0.75 grams per liter. Okay. Or sorry, per bottle. Right. So that or seven point five. Sorry, my math is fuzzy, but seven point so five grams. The per math bottle. teacher, the math is fuzzy. Yeah, well, no, I corrected it pretty quickly. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a recovering engineer. I would have followed you right down that yeah. path. So then, if I'm translating this correctly, it would probably fall on maybe like a six or a seven. Ten. What is ten? Like a bare, ten would be barefoot like, Moscato. Yes. Yeah. Let's say it's like it's okay. almost like drinking a bag of sugar. No, I would put this more. Grace is more like one, 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 one and a the half. two. Yeah. Okay. Great. Because it's, it's dry. Okay. Because and I'm asking the question because I know sometimes, especially with people that are a little bit newer when it comes to wines or even to bubblies for that matter. Yeah. Just to get a little bit of perspective, a little bit sweet can be just an absolute hit. So if somebody was going to a party or something, I was just trying to give them a little bit of a frame of reference to be able to say, okay, so 
if you if you're going somewhere where maybe people got more discerning palates, then the Grace could be a really good option. Yeah, if you see Brut, you know it's dry. There so, you go. And that's super la- simple. It's, yeah, super it's, simple. It's labeled as such. And then you know, with Sandpiper, we use a little different naming conventions on Cuve Clothes or Charmat style bubblies, where we're calling the semi dry versus trying to l- label those products with champagne style sweetness classification. Because for me, the I almost called it the duck. Sidewinder. Sandpiper. Sandpiper. See? Oh, I should have just called it the duck. <laughs> anyway, I got to have another one of these. So the, the sandpiper, to me, is like a great blend because I've got experience tasting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like overly sweet, but I take this somewhere to a party or something and it is gone. Yeah. People really love it. And these are these are people that are typically like maybe don't drink a lot or they're, you know, they're they're cracking up a bottle of beer or something else like that. This disappears quickly when it's at a party. Well, that's great. That's the goal. But also the reason I think is again because it kind of hits that that middle zone between not too sweet and not too dry. Right. So it's pretty approachable right. for most people. And also affordable. It's the wine we pour for people when they walk in the door here at Mobby to, again, start that conversation about sweetness level and, and what they like, what they don't like. Do they want to go sweeter? Do they want to go sure. drier, et cetera? So. Yeah, it would be, I, I could totally see that. This is a very nice starting point yeah. for people to sit there and say, oh, I like my wines drier or I like my wine sweeter. And then you go from there. Because yeah. how many do you, how many different bubblies do you have here? right now? As we sit here in midsummer, we've got quite a bit. We've got probably somewhere between 15 and 20 different bubblies on the menu. <laughs> and a lot of those are seasonal small batch releases that will fade as sales, you know, as they as they deplete, but then we bring new stuff back in the fall and then new stuff back in the spring. So we're trying to we're trying to create excitement around new products at the same time create consistency with mobby staples like Blanc or Sex or Detroit or Us or things, wines like that. Which I see those at a lot of stores. Well, that's good. Throughout Michigan. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) Always looking for the Mobby label when I go out looking for bubbly in case I need it. So it's really nice. Now, the one thing is with Mobby, and you kind of alluded to this before, is that you do have a wine club. Right. Mobby's got a wine club. Of course. Yes. Talk to us a little yeah. bit about that. How does that work? Okay. So it's pretty simple. It's free to join. But what you're committing to, you're committing to purchases and you're committing to two purchases a year of six bottles. But you can customize those shipments if you don't like what we suggest. We always suggest six bottles, but you can customize and you can add, you can swap big little wines out for Mobby wines if you'd like. So big little wines are options for customizing your order. Those shipments are in April and September, and that's pretty much the minimum commitment. Now, addition, additionally, wine club members receive complimentary flights to the tune of six per year when they visit the tasting room. There are deals on shipping inside Michigan, outside of Michigan for wine club members. There are discounts on wine and merchandise all year round, as long as you're a member. And you get access to limited release wines as well as events. Certainly. And for somebody that's thinking about like joining, what would be what would be a couple of the the wines that you would think that they should try first? Like maybe they don't have experience with all fifteen or twenty. 
that you're doing. So just give us like a few, because I know we've talked about today. We've talked about Grace Cuve and Sandpiper. Yeah. The duck. The duck. <laughs> but what would be some like you would sit there and recommend and just say, hey, you know what? Try this. When we put together our six bottle selection, what we're doing is we're selecting both wines that people know about or wines that are more popular as well as new release wines. So we're suggesting a blend of options. Gotcha. Now, what are we most known for? Sex is what we're most known for that's actually half of our entire production so that's the wine that most people will be introduced to mobby through but then we've got wines like us these are these are the big movers for us us blanc sandpiper detroit and grace and then outside of that yeah we're always trying to seasonally feature new things and excite those wine club members or those thinking about joining the wine club to pull the trigger and and have access to those limited release products. Certainly. And Mike, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, man, I want to know more about this. I want to get bubbly delivered to my door. Right? Yeah. I want to learn more about what it is you're doing. I want to stop by the tasting room, whatever that might be. Yeah. What's the best way for them to start connecting with you? So we spent a lot of time and a lot of money developing our new website. Mobby, Which is awesome, by Mobby. the way. Mobby.wine. Thank you. I appreciate that. So there's a lot of info there. And there's as much or as little as you want to, as you want to know about Mobby. It's easy to navigate. It's easy to get to where you want to go quickly. It's also easy to dig in and learn more. So mobby.wine, and that's the best resource. So you got information, you got you got a lot of detail on the product pages. There's some videos there. There's information about our vineyard practices, information about the wine club, and information about events, so on and so forth. Mobby.wine is by far the best, the best place. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy you schedule to be it. with us. You got it. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Great. Appreciate it. And for our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com. Click on Mike's interview to learn more about the great bubblies that are coming your way from Mobby this year. We'll see you next week with another great episode of an ordinary Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.